Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Trap Talk Live brought to you by Huntsman Wildlife. I am your host, Ryan Ridgely, owner and operator of Huntsman Wildlife. Homeowners hire us to remove nuisance wildlife from their home because most have no idea where to start. So we remove the animal, we clean up the mess that was made, and we repair the damage that was done. Because bottom line, the only unwanted house guests in your home should be your in-laws. Welcome to episode number 11 of Trap Talk Live. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you in the future, this is Thanksgiving week, so it is a short, short week for Huntsman Wildlife, and life is good. This past week, we took on our 200th client of the year, and I could not be happier. Candace and I could not be happier. When we started Huntsman Wildlife last year and really started going full-time in January, we thought we'd be pretty happy getting at least 100, 150 clients. We're going to hit 200. There's the chance, the awesome, awesome chance we might be able to hit 225 uh, before December 31st. And if that happened, I just, I could not believe it. So with it being Thanksgiving week, I got to go the absolute staple, the cliche, yes, I am so unbelievably thankful for 2020. I know a lot of people have not, but we started something this year, uh, not knowing exactly what this year was going to show. And we have seen so much support uh, so much um, backing from our neighbors, our friends, our family, our, our community. The Cincinnati area has been great to us, and we cannot be more excited to finish off this year strong and go into 2021 with awesome things coming. When we started this adventure, I had plans for a podcast, and I had plans for social media, uh, influence stuff like videos, and blog posts and stuff like that. And sure enough, uh, it has all come around. We are writing our weekly blog and we are on track getting these podcasts out on a weekly basis. This week's blog post has a lot to do with a uh, <laughs> hilarious, well, at least I found it funny, event that happened Sunday night after we had fed the dogs I took them outside as I was about to go with the wife to go close up the chickens and the ducks and Mushu the pig. And sure enough, the minute I opened the patio door, I slid it open. My ears were filled with the blood-curling screams of a medium-sized rodent soaring across the air on our farm. My guess is uh, either a hawk or an owl had picked off one of the eastern gray squirrels in one of the trees, and that night, squirrel was on the menu. Now, this is a scene that will likely repeat a few times over the next few weeks on at least our farm, and likely in the backyards and woodlots of many of our Cincinnati neighbors as we are right in the throes of late fall and early winter, and a lot of the predator species, not just the birds of prey like hawks and owls, but the fox, the coyotes, the bobcats, they are all going through what I call caloric load. They are going out and they are finding as much food as possible. They are eating as much as they can to build up a reserve to get through in case the winter is harsh 
and food is hard to find or scarce. So I thought I would take some time this week on the podcast and talk to you all about some deterrent and exclusion methods to keep your pets, your livestock, and your property safe from some of the nighttime predators looking for a quick and easy meal here in the late fall, early winter. Now the first piece of advice I give absolutely everybody, the one thing, the absolute top of mind thing, you can shut off this podcast after I say this, but if you get one thing from this podcast, that is do not let your pets or your livestock be unprotected or unsupervised in the evening this time of year. Just the presence of you or your spouse outside during the evening hours when your pets are out, be it your dogs, your cats, your livestock are out, or they're starting to pen up or den up, um, having you out there to most of the predator species in the area is enough of a deterrent that they will not approach. I always liken it to if you're you know, downtown having dinner or lunch with some friends on the patio of a restaurant and Godzilla comes traipsing through you know, the street, are you going to get up and run towards Godzilla? No, you're probably going to run the other way. Predator species are going to do the absolute same thing. If they're looking for a meal on a cold November night and they're looking at your chicken coop or they're looking at your dog or your cat in your backyard and all of a sudden they see out of the corner of their eye you, who is Godzilla to them, they're going to go somewhere else. So make sure when you let your pets out or uh, if the, the livestock is out, you know, some people have livestock dogs um, or find some way to, you know, create a presence of either you or your spouse or somebody else on your property to keep those predators from being interested in, in essence, fluffy, your prey species that, you know, you call your sweet little darling pet. Now, if for whatever reason you can't be outside or in case like on our farm with our ducks and our chickens and our pigs, we can't be out there all night long. I can't sit out there on you know a lawn chair protecting my ducks and my chickens and my pig all night. So we count on motion-activated uh, lights. If anything comes within our duck house or our chicken coop or our pig pen and pig yard, our farm lights up like downtown Cincinnati. We have thousand, well, actually, I think there's 1,600 lumen LED lights that the minute it senses motion, the place lights up. Um, and that's because most predator species prefer the, the security and safety of darkness. They'll slip in, grab the prey, and get out without even being seen. And if you light the place up, if you light it up like the 4th of July and just bright lights, most of your predator species are going to avoid that area. They're going to go to your neighbor's property where it's dark. They're going to resort back to the woods where it's dark. And they're going to find easier, cheaper prey to come across. Another thing I want you all to think about is if you are going to go out and take Fluffy or Spike or whatever your dog's name is for a walk in the woods, don't do it at dusk or dawn. Um, early mornings, late evenings, those are the time that predator species really do a lot of their hunting. And so if you're out in the woods 
in cornfields, out in rural areas with your animals, and they're off leash, the the likelihood of a negative interaction between your pet and a predator species such as a hawk, uh, coyote, fox, bobcat, something like that are really, really high. So make sure if you are going to take your pet out for walks in the woods, do it midday. Now, that being said, this time of year, a lot of predator species are also active midday. They're just less active. They're less likely to be active. But that doesn't mean that if you're out in the woods in the middle of the afternoon in late November, early December, that the coyotes, the foxes, and, and the bobcats and all that are not going to be out and about. So make sure if you are out in the woods with your animals, please try and have them on a leash. If they are off leash, please be alert at all times. In addition to lighting up your backyard or you being present out there, another great practice to deter and uh, not make your yard as attractive or enticing to predator species is actually to do some sanitation, some cleanup, and some maintenance on the yard even late, late uh, in, in the late fall, early winter here. Uh, a lot of times, I don't know about your section of the country, but here in Cincinnati, we tend to get some increases in storms and winds uh, in, in the late fall. That tends to blow some of the branches that died off over uh, the, the summer, uh, blows the branches down. So you've got, you know, semi-decent sized sticks, nothing too big, um, but sticks that would be, you know, used well uh, for hawks and owls to use as nesting materials. So cleaning those up, making sure there's no leaf litter or sticks or any nesting material for them. Um, and then one thing people don't realize is um, the, the feces, the droppings from your dogs, uh, cleaning those up in the yard, not leaving those out and about in the yard, um, because those, those droppings, the, that feces from your dogs is actually um, enticing to canine species such as fox and coyotes, uh, because this time of year, they tend to get a little territorial. They want to know who this other dog is in their area and if they're competition for the food source in that area. So they're going to investigate. They're going to hop your fence. They're going to be in your yard. They're going to be sniffing around trying to see who this dog is in their territory. And if they determine that, that dog to be a threat to either their pack or, or their offspring or even uh, competition for their food source, that fox or that coyote might take uh, action to you know, mitigate that threat by attacking or injuring or even unfortunately killing uh, your dog. So absolutely cleaning up uh, your dog's feces after they've made the deposits in the lawn is a really good idea this time of year. You know, and of course, I've said it once, I'll say it again, and I'll probably say it numerous times uh, over the life of this podcast. Keep your garbage can secured. Uh, if you have compost piles, uh, make sure that they're well turned, that you don't have a lot of meat scraps and high protein scraps in there. Uh, in the late fall, early winter, try and keep it more to uh, vegetable scraps, stuff like that. Um, you know, don't put out, you know, leftover turkey from Thanksgiving in your compost bin. Um, that is just going to attract more predator and, and avenger species to your property. So, Making sure that your trash bins, your compost piles are secure and are not an attractant to nuisance wildlife uh, is absolutely something that I recommend this time of year. 
And the last thing I want to really touch on, uh, specifically for my fellow podcast listeners who uh, raise uh, livestock in the form of goats, uh, chickens, ducks, geese, sheep, pigs, uh, some of the more common prey species, is make sure that there's some sort of uh, shelter or cover or protection for them. You know, when it comes to the, the, the more aggressive uh, mammalian uh, predator species such as fox, coyotes, bobcats, uh, in other parts of the country, wolves, uh, bears, mountain lions, stuff like that, making sure that your livestock have a place to shelter and get away from the prying eyes of these predators uh, are, is sometimes one of the best options. You know, having a shelter out in a pasture, having a place for them to get away and squirrel away and be out of sight and sometimes out of scent of the predator species is a really good idea. Uh, when it comes to your bird flocks, uh, such as geese, ducks, chickens, turkeys, guinea fowl, stuff like that, uh, making sure that there's there's adequate uh, air coverage. So, you know, planting your pasture or your chicken run or something like that around trees or having some sort of canopy that your birds can hide under, uh, that's going to deter animals such as hawks, uh, owls, and other raptors from being able to swoop in um, and, and grab one of your birds. Um, also, having that, that cover makes it a lot harder for them to plan an attack. Uh, a lot of your raptor uh, birds of prey species prefer to hunt in the open. They don't want to fly through a lot of underbrush, uh, trees, canopies, stuff like that. They want to swoop in in the open, grab the prey, and quickly fly away. Uh, these are not birds that are 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 you know comfortable on the ground. So when they grab um, you know their prey, they want to lift off and get out of there soon so they can retreat somewhere a little bit more sheltered and secured to consume uh, your chicken or your duck um, or something around those lines. So making sure that there's some sort of covered area or some sort of canopy, be it trees or even, you know, putting up a tarp, something like that, that your birds can retreat under uh, when there is a, a aerial predator above is absolutely a great idea to have, um, you know, especially this time of year when a lot of those birds of prey and raptors are looking again to go through a caloric load to try and consume as many calories as possible uh, to build up their internal reserves to make it through the winter. So yeah, hopefully uh, this is information that you guys find helpful. Nothing breaks my heart more than when I'm on some of the mini farm and homestead uh, social media groups and I see them talking this time of year about losing birds um, to hawks and owls losing, you know, younger goats and, and pigs and stuff like that to some of the predator species like coyotes and wolves. Um, so making sure, um, you know, your dogs and your cats, you know, I, I, I just, every time I leave my neighborhood and there's a new, uh, you know, sign stapled up to the telephone pole of a lost cat, uh, you know, I just sit there and it breaks my heart because I can say, uh, with with large amounts of certainty uh, that that cat didn't make it through its first night uh, if it got out 
in late November, early December. Uh, it likely uh, met met its end uh, through one of the you know middle of the night predator species such as a fox, a coyote, a bobcat, or even a bird of prey. So that was a quick and dirty topic of the week. Like I said, it's Thanksgiving week. I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday night. My wife is currently upstairs baking pumpkin bread, and I have a turkey to prepare for tomorrow because we are responsible for a bird. Uh, we're not getting together with a large group. Uh, we're, we're being smart with, with COVID-19 being an issue. Uh, we have some close friends that we consider family here in the Cincinnati area. It's just going to be my wife and I um, and our two friends, and we're going to get together and we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving together. And I am responsible for the turkey. No pressure, not at all. But that being said, we're going to make it real quick this week. We're going to go through the wins, losses, and learning moment of the week. So like I said earlier in the podcast when we started, we hit 200 customers last week. That is an absolute win for a Huntsman Wildlife. Um, that is pretty big for us. Like I said, when we started, you know, we formed Huntsman Wildlife back last October, not this past one, but the one before that in October of 2019, we formed Huntsman Wildlife. We did not perform our first service until January of 2020. So really technically we're still in our first full year of, uh, operating as Huntsman Wildlife. So we still have the rest of November and December to go through, but we have already hit 200 clients. When I first forecasted back in October what I wanted to do, I was looking at around 100, 125 clients was kind of my goal. Uh, that, that, was, that was my, my compass, uh, my guide that I knew or I would know that Huntsman Wildlife was doing well if I could end the year with 125 clients. Uh, we're looking at 200 right now. Uh, we've still got calls coming in. We've got the entire month of December, and I'll be darned uh, if we can hit 225 by December 31st. Uh, that's that's going to say a lot. Like I said uh, earlier, that says a lot for our community, our friends, our neighbor, the Cincinnati area. Uh, they've been so great supporting us and and appreciating what Huntsman Wildlife has to offer, as opposed to some of our local competition. As for a loss for the week, uh, not nothing too bad. It's it's a three-day week, and we're already at the end of it. If I'd say there had to be a loss for this week, uh, it would probably more than likely be the fact that it was only a three-day week, uh, and today and half of yesterday was a rainout. Um, in the Cincinnati area, winter or late fall, early winter tends to get really wet. Um, I am a single operator about 80% of the time. Candace is not out with me in the field. Um, so if I have any sort of hesitation or any sort of concerns about going up on a roof or going up on a ladder, um, I don't do it. Um, it's a personal choice. Again, we're, we're a single operator. Uh, I'd say 85% of the work that needs to be done for Huntsman Wildlife right now, I'm the only one that knows how or could do it. Candace is still training on a lot of stuff. She's not quite as comfortable on roofs and ladders. So I need to make sure um, that I'm protected and I'm safe. And I guess that kind of goes into the learning moment or the teaching moment of the week is I need to be a little bit more cognizant uh, and aware when short weeks are coming up because of holidays or um, other events that um, making sure to plan out my week, try to plan for um, 
extra days or extra time if necessary. Uh, we, we do operate seven days a week if necessary, uh, but I don't like to. But because of tomorrow and Friday already having plans with friends and family and me getting some other projects done on the farm, uh, it does look like I'm likely going to have to work this Sunday, which I don't mind. You know, our, our, our days of the week kind of blend together. As long as I have some time off, I'm okay with it. Um, but I, I hate to have clients who are calling on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and telling them I can't get to them till Monday. Uh, so we're going to try and fit some stuff in on, on Sunday and if need be, possibly Saturday. Um, but that's just, again, that's how Huntsman Wildlife operates. I really, really don't think it's fair to clients uh, to have to call uh, a wildlife company in here. Oh, we're five, six, seven days out. It's sometimes 14. I mean, earlier this spring, I was talking to people that were surprised that I could get to them in, you know, 72 hours um, because the other wildlife companies they were talking to were saying they were two, three, four weeks out. Um, I just don't think that's fair. If you've got a raccoon in your attic or you've got bats in, in, you know, your living room or squirrels in your soffits to have to go three more weeks with that going on. Uh, we want to take care of it. So yeah, that is where it sits for the week. As usual, I want to thank you all for listening to this week's podcast. It's a short one this week. We're probably going to close out around 25 minutes, but I do want to thank you all this Thanksgiving episode or Thanksgiving week episode. Of course, I am thankful for all of you that listen and download. Uh, I did not get to the Buzzsprout website. I'm not going to pull it up. Um, because I want to make this quick, short, and simple and to the point. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing it. We really appreciate it. Um, I want you guys to have a fantastic Thanksgiving in whatever way you're going to celebrate it this year. Um, we don't judge. If you want to get together with your family and your friends, most of you are all adults. You know what you're doing. So do you, boo-boo. Uh, yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great rest of the week. And of course, look in the podcast notes for all things Huntsman Wildlife related. There's a link to our website, our social medias on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Till next time, see you folks.